Hey everyone and welcome to 121 Overload, I am Peter, that is Matt. We talk about movies on this show and specifically on this show, uh, every month I pick a movie I love, Matt picks a movie he loves, we put it up for a vote on patreon.com slash TV. our patrons vote between which one we'll do and then we do the winner. Uh, so the winner this month was Assault in Precinct 13, John Carpenter's original film, uh, which was my pick, which beat Matt's choice of... I don't even remember at this point. It's been a whirlwind month. I want to say Last Action Hero, but I don't know if it was. That may have been another month. Sure. Sounds sounds right. Okay. <laughs> but anyway, we're here. We're going to talk about, last, uh, we're going to talk about Assault in Precinct 13, is what we're going to talk mm-hmm. about. We'll start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning in the middle before we get any spoilers. And that's what we're going to do. So uh, so, so here we go. If you don't know what Assault in Precinct 13 is, it's a very simple action movie from the 70s, uh, directed by John Carpenter. This was before he did Halloween. This was two years before Halloween this came out and it is a, the simple premise of a father uh, witnesses his daughter get gunned down by this extreme gang in LA and after taking a little bit of revenge he runs uh, for, for safety and ends up in this police precinct that is shutting down. It's just, you know it's on a skeleton crew, everyone's moved over mm-hmm. except the one or two cops who are just there for the, the, the last night packing up and a siege is basically enacted upon this precinct where this gang attacks the, the the precinct which also just happens to be housing a couple of convicts that were being transported uh, to another prison uh, just by happenstance and it's kind of the story of how the the, the, the couple police officers who are left kind of have to team up with the convicts to stay alive because they can't just do it on their own because there's too many bad guys mm-hmm. and that's the, that's the gist of the movie that that is, the, that is your your elevator pitch for assault in precinct 13 uh so i'd seen this before because i picked it obviously uh, but matt mm-hmm. had not so i'm very curious nope. matt how did you feel about assault in precinct 13 um it's definitely a john carpenter movie right <laughs> uh, i've seen of the movies of his i've seen it checks all the boxes um so that's good as soon as it started you know he did the score um mm-hmm. so that was cool that sweet uh, sweet synth with that, mm-hmm. that pulsing bass line and then the, the high-pitched... Oh, yep. it's beautiful. And, it. and not that it sounds familiar to anything else, it's just John Carpenter as a musician has some, you know, tells. That was the music, but then the movie itself, uh, I had, you know, this is one that you hear about in film circles because uh, it is Carpenter's first. So I was familiar with it, but not like... Well, I didn't know the storyline. First knockout in Dark Star... Well, yeah, I'm talking like, <laughs> was was Dark Star? Uh, I thought it was his film school project. It, it was technically a student movie, but they, 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 okay. it became so expensive and it was released as a movie that gotcha. if you want to count or not is kind of up to you. But just, okay. I'm, I'm putting out there as a qualifier just in case anyone gotcha. wants correction in the comments. So. Gotcha, yeah, yeah. So, you know, and I had seen the remake back when that came out. Um, and then, you know, that's a pretty forgettable action movie, uh, which is weird because that's the complete opposite of this. Um, I won't forget this movie, to, depending, like, not depending, but uh, it's really sold as like this B exploitation kind of movie, mm. but it's not a throwaway, if that makes sense. You know, like that's the connotation with, with like B movie or exploitation movie. Is you know they shoot it fast and you know it doesn't have much value. Just put it on the lower tier. That's not this at all. You know what I mean? This this has some staying power. 
Oh yeah, I mean it's definitely a low budget and it's definitely um, a B movie premise essentially but mm-hmm. it's handled you know dead serious with skill and like tact and i i think um because i i saw a brawl in the cell block 99 last year and i, I remember right. it's not the plot's nothing like uh salt and precinct 13 but it reminded mm-hmm. me of something that john carpenter might have made if he'd made a movie yeah. with that plot right it, it kind of had mm-hmm. that kind of gritty hard-hitting b movie but yeah. done with like skill kind of vibe yeah yeah that, that's it there's a skill there that doesn't always, you know, pop up in other type of B movies or exploitation movies. And weirdly, this reminded me a lot of the Warriors, uh, which came out, you know, a couple years later. Yeah, yeah, it was about uh, that time. Yeah, so I don't know if it's just the way that it was shot and that kind of uh, Precinct Thirteen just kind of laid the groundwork that hey, these movies can be financially viable, and you can add a little bit of create like uh, like quality into them uh or what or if it's just the gangs but i was getting some crossover vibes even uh i was i was, I was I, in my head that i was like there's another movie recently mm-hmm. that i thought had that vibe I actually it was it was overlord over yeah. overlord has that that b movie but done very seriously mm-hmm. um with style kind of thing going for it and i think that kind of falls into that category as well um because that this movie one of the things i love about this movie is that for the first half of the film it keeps telling you what time it is because the whole movie mm-hmm. takes place in the same day and it tells you, oh, it's like 4.30 p.m. on, you know, Saturday. And mm-hmm. every time it cuts around between the our main character, uh, Bishop, who's the, who's the police officer, mm-hmm. on his first night as a lieutenant, by the way, they mentioned that a few times. Yeah, he gets he gets promoted, and it, his first act is promotion is, you got to go close down this precinct. Yeah, you're babysitting like, as they pack up things. Yeah, you're basically the hatchet man. This is these people's last day at this place they're all reassigned so just make sure nothing bad happens and then of course everything bad happens yeah, everything bad happens yeah uh, so he like we come from him like driving to work and getting there and meeting the people and because he's never been to this precinct before mm-hmm. uh, well that's actually incorrect he was there as a kid but he was never there as a cop right. <laughs> um right. and just you know setting up some of the character stuff and it also goes to this gang because the movie opens with this uh this group of gang members being killed by the police and it's again it's a very quiet stylized thing and of course you have that pulsing bass that comes in and like yep. I feel like the movie, it, the score almost has this ticking sound in it at times, uh, yeah. where it feels like it's setting the pacing of what the scene is. A lot of long shots, a lot of long takes, because that's what Carpenter loves to do. Um, yeah. And it all, all builds up, and you know these guys are out for, like, essentially revenge on society because some of their brothers, because we find out this gang, this, the Cholos, are really uh, devout and, like, almost like a, a cult, almost, in terms of, mm-hmm. but as a gang, as a harsh gang. And they set yeah. up at the start as well that they've got like extreme like military cl- class weapons and uh, stuff that you know typically gangs wouldn't have. So it sets up that they're this really big foe, and you know they're out for blood, and they eventually do. And I won't spoil what they do until we get to spoilers, yeah. but they, they they get to the, the, the violence and it, it propels the movie yeah. from there. And it's straight up random acts of violence early yeah. on. Like you're following them around. Like when it cuts between Bishop and the the prison transport, and then the gang. You know, the gang's doing something new in every scene. Yeah. You know? And, it, and every time it cuts between them, it, like, the time comes up again. Because yeah. because you have the thing... Because even the, the first scene that's in the middle of the night is, like, you know, after midnight. So it's, like, you know, 2.30 a.m. that happens. <laughs> and then, you know, it starts about 4 p.m. and we go up. And I, I love that, you know, by the time it gets to 7 p.m. it's dark. So that's when things are about to really go down. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and even there was a shot, actually, where one of the, the gang... 
uh, is coming towards the dad who's running towards the police station. So he's in the phone booth. And there's this mm-hmm. really atmospheric shot. And it, this is, you know, pre-Halloween John Carpenter, but you can almost see the Halloween kind of There's, there's vibe. a horror vibe to it. Like, yeah. I, I almost got, like, zombie movie vibes. Mm. You know, like, this is his refuge and it's not enough. Yeah, you know? because this one gunman like walks out of the darkness and it's just complete pitch black around him, but he's just walking slowly mm-hmm. towards him. And I was getting like, okay, I, I can see where the IDs for the shape and Michael Myers were yeah. kind of were kind of seeded here. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, from from there it's a siege movie, and it's like, and uh, how he handles like certain moments of like, can can Bishop trust the convicts to help? And can we like the convicts? You know, as Wilson yeah. and Napoleon Wilson, the main convict, can we like There's him? Some great names here. Yeah, and we never actually yeah. find out what he really did. We know he killed people, but we don't. We don't never yeah. get the context of how he killed people yeah. and why he killed people. He feels like a noble criminal, like a cool mm. and Luke kind of guy. That was like, yeah, he might have killed people, but it could have been justified. Yeah. You know. Yeah, there but, could have been uh, circumstances that it's like, oh, we're not going to yeah. like think he's like this awful evil human being necessarily. Yeah. And he just keeps asking people for a smoke. Like, yeah. that's that's all he wants. And he doesn't have, like, this menace to him. You know, so as a viewer, I felt like, oh, you can, you can, even though you know he's in prison for something, you can kind of trust this guy. Well, one, uh, one of the smart things it does is that his opening scene is the warden at the prison who's letting him go assaults him. And it's like, yeah. okay, he's a convict, he's a prisoner, we know he's murdered people. But it makes you almost side with him because you feel like he's being mistreated. Yeah, um, there's, there's sympathy there. Yeah, and then at the end of the scene, he kind of like you know intentionally trips the warden with a chain when he's getting yeah. on the bus, and he, he he sort of reiterates the same line of dialogue that he had when he when he was knocked yeah. out of the chair, um, and it's like oh he got his comeuppance, and you kind of you kind of like laughing like yeah good good on you for for doing that. Mm-hmm. You, you feel like you like him a little bit because of that scene. Yeah. Um, uh, so that's really smart, and I think one of the the, the the probably the most important dramatic point of the film is the moment where, uh, where Bishop actually does like trust him enough with a gun, but it doesn't happen. It's not like a big moment where he decides that he's going to let him do it. It's in the heat of the moment where they're going to die if he doesn't, and he just throws him a shotgun like it's nothing. Yep. And then it's after that he's used the shotgun on the bad guys where there's this moment of tension where Bishop sort of realizes like. This could go very badly in, in like a second if if he's going to mm-hmm. turn around and shoot me like that. This could go bad, and then yep. from there, it's, it's uh, that's the that's that's really the crux of the movie. It's this uneasy alliance. And yeah. well, I, it's been described as tense, but I don't put it in the tense like in that Alfred Hitchcock version where mm. you know everything's ramping up. Everything's this is like everyone's on a tightrope. Whether it's the decisions they're making, mm. or you know, and and that as you just described it, I think sums it up perfectly. I, I love it. <laughs> I love how you uh, said uh, it's been described as tense, but I think it's built on a tightrope. As if being on a tightrope is not tense no. as hell. <laughs> when when I hear yeah, when I hear a movie is is tense and taut, it 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 like it moves and it's lean and like you know what I mean. Um, I'm just imagining Matt watching uh, The Walk, you know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt and the World Trade uh, Center doing the tightrope. He's the main character. I know he's fine. There, there's nothing there. So yeah, so yeah. anyway, the, the movie's in this ticking clock. It feels like... And I, this is actually something I would compare to uh, uh, Cellblock and... Uh, or Brawl and Cellblock 99 again, mm-hmm. is the idea that it feels like whatever conclusion we're getting to is inevitable, right? Well, Wherever this is going, it feels like it's always going there. Um and I kind of like that feeling too. It feels like the, every time that the score starts ticking and it's like the action's playing out, it feels like, no, no, no. 
the the destination and obviously every movie's destination is is predetermined because it's you know it's a written movie but there's this element to this movie where it feels like wherever we're going it's where we're always going and uh there's some like confidence in that even if that means certain death even even if and again we're not in spoilers yet but even you know whether or not this movie's going to end with them you know surviving them going out mm-hmm. guns blazing and dying in a, a blaze of glory or or whatever right or you know or, or the mm-hmm. convict sacrifices himself in a moment of noble final act to save everyone else wherever it's going it feels like it's ticking down to that conclusion the entire time yep. um, there's, there's almost a sense of predestination yeah once the day starts you know, uh, and and I like that. Yeah. So, I love that. I love that a lot. Um, uh, it's very stylish. The music we've mentioned a couple of times. The music's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, the way it's shot's fantastic. I love how simple the plot is. This is this is very much my kind of action movie, where it mm-hmm. is the, the the one location. It's all one night. It's you know, I love it. Um, one thing yeah. I really noticed this time watching it actually is how the uh, there's not really like. There's one kind of main gang member early on, but he he's not around the whole time. And from that mm-hmm. point on, like you you compare it to a zombie movie, that's yeah. kind of true in the sense that they actually they, they never focus on any faces of the bad guys. Like Mm-mm. they're almost just this the this the army of like faceless people. There's there's a yeah there's there's a shot towards the end where they're closing in on the precinct, and it reminded me of a shooting game like at the arcade. Mm. Where you can't see the guys, but you know they're shooting at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so they're kind of just in the background and they're moving around, and you know, um, so yeah, nameless, faceless. You know, like I don't feel like we ever get any of the gang members' names. No, I don't you think know? so. No. So then that adds to it. Yeah, um, and I, I don't know if there's like a, a big subtext in this movie because obviously you compare it to like a zombie like Night of the Living Dead. Mm-hmm. Night of the Living Dead is filled with themes and and subtext right. and analysis of the times. I don't know if this does. I mean, arguably, maybe it's it's commenting on gang crime in LA in the seventies. Maybe mm-hmm. it is actually, you know, referring to some of that. But I feel like this is more of a straight up B movie where it's not trying to yeah. actually be deep. It's just trying to make a really good action movie. Yeah, there's that, but there is, you know, um, Bishop is the black lieutenant in the neighborhood. You know, that's, like, that's true. Yeah. So, so him being the main character too, uh, I, I feel like that was done on purpose. Like that's all carpenter trying to say something not what he's trying to say there i, I don't know because i'm not too familiar with, with the time period um you know if you but, weren't born yet yeah well there's that <laughs> not just, far off anyway <laughs> it, it's it's a weird time you know it's like the 70s most of the stuff that i've learned from the 70s comes from movies yeah um and you know that's probably not a good thing so it, it's your, like, it's, your, it's your cynical gritty post Vietnam kind of. I mean Vietnam yeah. was still going at the start of the seventies, but you know because because the sixties was all you know flower child and you know mm-hmm. optimism. Uh, end of the sixties into the seventies, you're into misery. <laughs> you're into everything's yeah. bad. <laughs> like like it's not one floor of this cuckoo's nest where you, you're like you're looking at it like oh no I know exactly what this movie's trying to say, but yeah. I can glean on on it. Yeah, you know I, I, some I, of the intent. I think in terms of some broad strokes, the idea that maybe the the criminal who isn't actually a bad person and the, yeah. the cop can team up is a sign of solidarity. The fact that one is black and is one is white is maybe also a sign of hey, you know, it doesn't matter who the enemy is. Like good people yeah. stick together and well, and so on. Like yeah, there's and, and some the, broad strokes there with that. 
Yeah, and the gang's pretty multicultural as well. It's not just a group of one ethnicity. You know, they're not all white guys or all black I, guys. And to be fair, it, all... po- it points that out on the, the news at one point. Yeah. As your dog has gone nuts. But uh, yeah. it points out in the news at one point that the, the gang is kind of unique in that it's a mix of all ethnicities of the area. Uh, there's white, yeah. there's black, there's Hispanic, there's Asian, there's, there's you know, a whole whole range. Yeah. Um, and, you know, that's interesting of itself. I mean, I, I guess um, just just a general fear of society going to shit and, like, try to survive and it's maybe the, 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 the core theme of the movie. Yeah, but... and you have, to, you have to lean on others that you normally wouldn't, you know? There's... Yeah. Like you said, there's this tense relationship between the cop and the convict, and you know they just have to put their trust in one another and hope it works out. Yeah, uh, but hopefully you 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 have respect, but like as the movie goes on, that's, that's you hope mm-hmm. that's kind of what the the, the, the narrative point is going to be is the respect. Yeah, uh, we can't we, we can't we've not mentioned Lee yet. Lee is the yeah uh, the female lead of the film who's like the yeah. receptionist at the the police station that's shutting down, and she yeah. she kind of becomes a, a prominent character as well, and is and again there's, there's another receptionist who's actually played by uh at the time was nancy loomis uh who mm-hmm. was who went on to be in halloween also the sheriff from halloween was also the the yeah. uh the i don't know what his rank is actually but though he's the one who's escorting the, the prisoners on the bus yeah uh, to he's, the he's in the bad looking suit yeah yeah so. um yeah it's funny that that carpenter i know from listening to the halloween and math podcast that carpenter was terrible with names so he would just take names from people he knows and put them in the script. Uh, so I'm Loomis. sure Nancy Loomis inspired yeah. Dr. Loomis, you know? So yeah, that's uh, um, a fun little thing. Yeah, she's Annie in uh, Halloween. Uh, she, mm-hmm. it's, it's kind of, she had a hair up at first, I didn't recognize and then she turned yeah. around and I was like, oh, it's, it's Annie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, and I've seen this movie before, but it's been a while. I'd forgotten that she was, yeah, right. she was in it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so... Um, yeah, yeah. So I, I then we'll get the spoiler warning, um, mm-hmm. and we can we can dive into spoilers. And so here we go. So obviously the movie ends with with our cop and our convict side by side walking out of of their mm-hmm. their final moment. And I, I really like that because I, I if the the idea that this movie is about people sticking together, even people who you wouldn't expect to stick together, um, I I don't think anything exemplifies that more than them walking side by side. Because because one of the cops who comes in at the end tries to like handcuff. Uh, uh, Wilson, and he's like, no, yeah. don't touch him. Like, get off. And he's like, hey, it'd be my honor to walk you out. And they walk yeah. out, you know, not handcuffed, just side by side. It's like brothers mm-hmm. in arms, and it's it's kind of this... Yeah, this I, I really hope that uh, Bishop goes to talk to the to the parole officer and was like, hey, he this dude went above and beyond. Like, yeah. I know he might have murdered some people, but like, give him give him a better cut. Yeah, you maybe know? a reduced sentence. Maybe, maybe not death yeah. row anymore, <laughs> please. Yeah, he, you know, like... Uh, but but and it and it doesn't it feels earned like I don't want to say that it feels earned but like ha- you understand why Bishop is doing that with a cop who is supposed to be his like brother right like mm. they always say that police officers it's a brotherhood you know and he's choosing this guy who actually had his back yeah uh, and I just like that message yeah I mean it's not so much that the other cops don't act don't like help him necessarily like the, mm-hmm. the one other cop who's at the place gets killed quite early on mm-hmm. um and then the other cops we see driving around looking because people have reported sounds of gunshots and we yeah. get we cut to these two guys who are going around and they actively don't go down the street with the precinct because like oh it's just the old precinct down there why would the crime be there um yeah. you know and you can't even fault the logic really it's like why yeah. would why would it be at the precinct that's that'd be weird it, it's one of those moments in a movie where you yell at the tv go no go down there <laughs> they need you 
you know because uh, the gang's very organized because they, they kill the, the phone repair man they cut the phone line so they can't phone out this is why these movies actually where it's ruined by modern technology where if, if they have yeah, smartphones phones. Yeah. that's it the movie's done <laughs> they can yeah phone well you, you'd have to you'd have to find out like the cell the, tower the criminals have like yeah no they have an emp <laughs> and it yeah, just blasts go. all you know what i mean yeah. but i understand a gang having massive arms but an emp like that one, that one's massive. You'd have to, you'd have to tell me that they're uh, that they're actually more of a terrorist group who are gearing up for other yeah. things rather than just being a yeah. gang. But I suppose that would take away from I think part of the message that we're talking about, where they yeah. are just this kind of faceless gang that are part of the streets rather than some organised yeah. militant, you know, yeah, group with a with a with a manifesto. <laughs> you know, they'll have a manifesto. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although that's that's a movie I would watch too. Oh sure, yeah. That, you know what I mean, and they they have him trapped in you know. Uh, actually, I think there is a movie like that with John Cena. Came out a couple of years ago called The Wall. I want to say, and he's he's a sniper trapped behind enemy lines. Um, I have literally and, never heard of this, but I'll yeah, take yeah, yeah. Uh, the only reason I know it, well, I, besides being a wrestling fan, is it's apparently meant to be good. Uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson is also in it. He's the other guy that's trapped with Cena. Mm. Um, but but yeah. Um, Still, I should give that a watch now. I wonder if it has any similarities. I want to, I want to put out actually the first moment that uh, Wilson and Bishop meet, uh, and they lock them in the, the the holding tank in the cells at the back of the station, mm-hmm. and Wilson asks Bishop for a smoke, like he's asked multiple people up until that yep. point. And Bishop's the first one when he says no. He actually follows up with the word sorry. Yeah. And right right away I think I think Wilson kinda likes him more because he he, he treats him more like a human being in the way he responds. Right. And it's right, right away there's like a a bond there. As little as Yeah, it there's may empathy. Be. Yeah. Think- Even the fact that he comes back after the first assault and asks if they're okay. Like, did anyone get hurt? Are you guys okay back here? Mm-hmm. Um like you know, just simple little things like that. And of course I think you, you like Wilson especially when when Lee comes back to let them out of the cells when they're they're getting rushed. And she gets shot in the arm, and then he kind of jumps in and like fakes the guy off of her. Yeah. Um. It's like okay, right. So he's done a little heroic act. We're kind of we're bought, we're growing with him. And like I said before, we set up that there's a shotgun and a rifle in a box that's locked, and he's trying to like because obviously everything's been packed up to move to. Yeah. Obviously it's locked because it's firearms, obviously. And mm-hmm. they get it open as they're being seized, and he just throws the shotgun over to him. And I love that moment afterwards where he's just staring at him like, okay. Don't make me regret giving you that shotgun, please. Yeah. Um, and then, then it becomes the full, the probably the biggest action scene of the movies where everyone's got a gun and it's this big siege as they're shooting them as they try to come in the windows. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just, it's good fun. Uh, so, uh, really good. Uh, and then Annie from Halloween gets killed and we get the sad yeah. theme comes in and it's, it's it's all it's all good. Yeah. You know, just trying to go home and, you know, it really drives that point home that... Well, <sighs> That leads to the other big, big thing in the movie, of course, is yeah. that she wants to give them the guy because the, the dad. Because we never mentioned this really outside of the, the opening premise, but yeah, this gang straight up shoots a little girl uh, yeah. through her through her ice cream cone. Might I had? Yeah, and it is. I remember the first time I watched this because I didn't really. I knew what the premise was, but I, I didn't know that this happened at the start. Yeah, me neither. I this is the, you feel like this would be like when someone mentions assault on precinct thirteen. Yeah. You think this would be within the first sentence yeah. too, and it's not. And I'm glad that I didn't know about it because it was a good shock. Like, yeah, because I, like, I often joke that not enough kids get killed in movies because because <laughs> movies shy away from it. And I'm just I'm mostly joking, but 
Yeah, that's that's the most Peter line I've ever heard. <laughs> Best part of the Star Wars prequels is when he murders all the kids. Anyway, so yeah, there you go. Uh, but yeah, so so they're looking around and they're, they're looking through their scope and they're, they're just looking for trouble. And then they get to this ice cream truck and the girl comes back to like, oh, I asked for vanilla twist and this is just regular vanilla. Yeah. Uh, how <laughs> she literally goes back and asks for more vanilla. <laughs> yeah, I'm just laughing because if you watch any of our almost cancelled, I end every review with a uh, Have you got any vanilla? So I'm just giggling at that. Right. Um, shame Carl's not here to 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 respond to my uh, reference to my own joke. So. <laughs> But you know, she shows up, and the the bad guy just, without even hesitating, puts his gun with the silencer at her, and just shoots through the ice cream, and you just see like the blood spatter through the ice cream, and I'm like, that was dark as shit. The kid's yeah. dead. Um, and if that well, and this came out in '76 too. Like yeah. that's dark by our standards. Imagine it, you know, over 40 years ago. I, 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 you know, like, th- th- if this sets up, okay, these villains are just pure evil. Like, there's no mm-hmm. redemption for these characters. Yep. Un- unlike Wilson, who's done bad things in the past, obviously, yep. there is no humanity to these characters. They are, they are, yeah, there's a clear monster. delineation between the gang yeah. members and the convict, you know? Yeah. Um, th- this idea that criminals are getting worse and, like, those good old fashioned criminals are, uh, you know, <laughs> few and far between now, maybe. Uh, so they, they, like he runs, he kills the one who murdered his daughter. He actually gets revenge, chases after them, and shoots them. And then that's when they all start coming back, and they get all their reinforcements. And he runs to the police station for safety. And the reason why I'm, I'm telling you all this now is because Nancy from Halloween, oh, sorry, Annie from Halloween, mm-hmm. wants to wants to just give him up. He's like, no, they just want him. We can just pass him over. And mm-hmm. Bishop says, hey, no, he came here for help, so yeah. we're going to help him no matter what. That is our job. That is what we're going to do. Um, and I think even Wilson kind of respects that, that by the end, they're still trying to help him and save him. And at the end of the movie, you know, after they've, they've faced off the, the final siege um, and he's been carried away in the stretcher, you know, the guy who's kind of, once he gets to the police station, he's basically just in shock the, the rest of the movie. Yeah. He doesn't speak. He's just kind of staring blankly. Yeah. He, he kind of he finally starts to mouth what looks like thank you as he's been carted mm-hmm. off in, on the stretcher. Um, and it's like, no, there's, there's a really noble, almost... Um, superhero message to this where no 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 you don't give up on people if you're supposed to be a protector that's what you do and and right and right from the opening uh scene when he's on his uh, car radio to the you know, his superiors and he's been told mm-hmm. to go to this precinct bishop's like wait you want me to go babysit this old precinct like yeah you know, that's that's a bit unexciting and the 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 guy in the radio is like what you want to be a hero your first night out and he's like yeah kind of and i'm like well yeah. he got his chance uh-huh <laughs> well re- no, knowing what the movie's gonna be yeah. you're kind of like ha. Uh, careful what you wish for, bud. Yeah, Re- regretting his words later, I think, uh, mm-hmm. as well. And you know, the movie does a good job of giving you. He has a moment with Lee where they kind of bond. They have a couple of jokes with each mm-hmm. other. Enough that the you get that the once they're in the crisis, they already like each other. Um, yeah. And then of course, and it's a, again, it's a clear delineation from that to the relationship with Wilson, which which takes time to trust him because he he is by his nature someone you don't want to trust right away. Right. right? So. That stuff's played really well. I like that a lot. Uh, of course, and I, I, Joe, I love as well. In terms of like survival, I love that they basically run out of ammo. You know, after the big shootout where they hold them off for a bit, it's like, hey, we've got like eight shots between us. That's all we have left. And yeah. they're, they're regrouping outside because we've just killed like you know ten of their, their guys, but they're coming back soon. They're going to come in. Yeah, and they have. You know, we don't know what they have. Yeah, you know, they could be bringing a tank for all we know. Like, oh, that's all we have is these. This limited amount yeah you know they've uh, got like maybe two shotgun 
rounds, a few rifle rounds, and two handgun rounds. Like that's all they've got. Yeah. And they come up with this plan to go into the basement with the hallway, and they they have the sign, and they're, they're just beating yeah. them with sticks until they can try and blow up the the explosives that were in the evidence room. <laughs> and that's kind of how they survived the end of the movie. Obviously, the yeah. convict Wells um, tries to make a daring escape through the sewers to go to get help. And yeah, I actually loved that. As he was leaving, Wilson's like, "Hey, I know you're going to run for the border, but just call for help first. Like, just get his help, yeah, and then just run. Yeah, fine, run. Yeah. No, no honor among thieves, right? Yeah. Like he knows. Yeah. yeah. So no, I, I like that too. It's, again, it made them feel like real people. It made them feel like, yeah. uh, and it's not so much the, the, the super realistic Kyle though. There is a pulpiness to this movie where, yeah, you know, Wilson has some cheesy lines that he kind of like calms up a little bit as he's talking about how much of a badass he is, or yeah. you know, so on and so forth. You know, that that stuff is there, but mm-hmm. um, no, it's really really good. Uh, I, I like too how badass Lee gets to be with her arm injury. Like mm-hmm. she can't move it, but she doesn't complain about it. Like and all said and done, yeah. um, so so I like that about her. Like she's still active and you know, um, and as being the only you know lady left in the movie at that point. Like mm. again, there's there's Carpenter with the strong female role, and and it, you don't feel like he's doing it, you know, just to do it. You know, it it feels like no, that's that's the character. No, it, you know, that's how it came off the page. It, it feels like no, she's just as strong as the other two. It's not. Yeah. It's it's not. He's doing it to make a point. He's doing it because no, yeah. he he will naturally just have strong characters. That's mm-hmm. just what he does. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I I like I I think the characters are all likable and and strong from from the get go. The villains are evil, and these the premise is so simple, and it's like them coming towards the the building and. One of the things as I was watching again was that after they shoot the first cop outside, and there's a little bit of time as they're trying to figure out what's going on, as there people out there, they're coming for us. I was like, okay, what what slows them down? Because there's not really a whole lot to hold them off. And they have their big shootout, and then things quieten down again. But I like that when they quieten down, it's A, because they've just had a lot of deaths, so they're regrouping, but it's also mm-hmm. because they realize that this will attract attention so they move all the cars they use to like for for cover yeah. back to the car back to the you know the car park where the parking spaces were is so so that and they move the bodies of the cops that were outside so that it's as if nothing ever happened if anyone looks at a glance the street everything's fine right you know they just fade out back into the night it's almost yeah, like the, even, it's almost like the yeah, city I, I, itself is attacking them in a, in a weird way yeah i i, I didn't even realized that when i was watching it like I, I saw them doing it and stuff but i didn't yeah i was like oh man that, that's a it's a good pickup yeah yeah i like this idea that the city itself is coming alive and coming after them in a, in a weird way uh the, the yeah. way that these all these nameless faceless villains just keep kind of pouring out of the streets yeah. and into the precinct and um and eventually the cavalry do show up uh yeah. and, and you know help them out but uh but no so i I have very. This was one that I saw much later than a lot of his other, you know, a lot of Carpenter's other movies, uh, and it mm-hmm. quickly shot to like my third favorite of his, of his library. Yeah, yeah, it's up there. Uh, out of those, out of his ones that you still need to see, it's um, uh, what's the one with Sam Neill? Um, oh, in the mouth of madness. I heard that one. Uh, the fog. I still haven't seen the fog. Mm. But I think most of the other ones I've seen uh, escape from New York, uh, The Thing, Big Trouble, Little China. They live. Uh, they live. Prince of Darkness. Um, Prince of Darkness. I watched. 
uh, even vampires with uh, in the nineties. <laughs> yeah, that, that's uh, escape from LA. Yeah, nineties is on the downward trend at that point. Yeah. Uh, so, but I, I've seen them all. Uh, uh, the Fog in um, Mouth of Madness are still hmm. still escaping me now after Precinct Thirteen. So, yeah, but yeah, this is just this is an action movie tailor made for me. Like just how simple mm-hmm. it is. Um, I, I like simplicity in, in these kind of things. Yeah. Um, and likable, strong characters, great music, great pacing, and it's the style that makes it work ultimately because it's the it's how it handles the build up to because you know the actual siege doesn't start till about forty minutes into the movie, but yeah, it feels like it's counting down to it the entire time. It feels like no, this is this is unraveling and getting to it as as we go. Yeah, uh, that was the thing too. Not that I felt like it was slow, but it took its time. Yeah. Like I, I'm, I'm so used to modern action movies where the assault would start like 25 minutes in. Yeah. You know. And I, and I think the benefit of not doing that is that no, we get proper introductions to all the characters. We get like suspenseful build up to how bad the villains are. You know, like when they're yeah. stalking the streets in their car with their guns, it's like okay, they're going to do something bad. We don't know what yet exactly. Uh, and you'd never predict, oh, they're going to shoot a little girl in the face. <laughs> like, no, never. Know? It wasn't yeah. quite the face, but you know, close enough. <laughs> you might as well. I mean, yeah, it, it's pretty bad. Uh, so real quick, I was just looking over John Carpenter's um, filmography, and I had no idea oh. that he had made Memoirs of an Invisible Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, um, which I've not seen. To, uh, me neither. Record. I just remember growing up, going to the video store, they had that poster on the wall for longer than they should have. Um, and it just always, Chevy Chase's face always just stuck out to me. Um, As you do. But yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and then Starman. How could we forget Starman? Oh, like, I like Starman a lot. Yeah, uh, Starman's good. That one's fantastic as well. Yeah. So, it's funny, yeah, I, this is definitely up there for me. I, I'd have to think where I place it. It's definitely in the top five. It's so funny. Like, I, I think of Carpenter first and foremost as a horror guy, but when I really think about huh? it, He's got like a really good movie in a few different genres. This yeah. is probably the purest action movie that he, he did, or at least it was really mm-hmm. good. Um, yeah. He's done sci-fi, done done horror, obviously, um, done comedy with Invisible Memories of Invisible Man, uh, and then you know, so. Well, Big Trouble in Little China kind of checks a bunch of boxes, you know, like it's uh, yeah, it's that's a, your pulpy sort of that, yeah. that's that's your adventure action comedy. It's... Which would it surprise you if I told you that's my favorite of his? Whereas this is more of your hard hitting, gritty seventies, yeah. pulpy yeah. action movie. He's almost, he's almost like the comic writer Ed Brubaker, where each of his comics is different, but you know it's Brubaker. Mm. Like, like it can be a gritty action Captain America, or it'll be a gritty action like noir in Criminal. Like, but there's you know they're still written by the same guy. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I think he loses his style uh, later on. Uh, yeah, definitely into the nineties. But seventies I, I, and eighties carpenters, like a, a, a wonder to behold. Working, yeah, so wonder to behold. Definitely. So, uh, I, I guess we'll rate Assault in Precinct Thirteen. Matt, what yeah. are you? What are you giving it? Yeah, so so this is a, a solid eight point five out of me. I really, really enjoyed this one. Yeah, I, I, I give it a nine. I, I. Uh, I love Assault on Precinct 13. It's my third favourite Carpenter. Probably not going to take a, a, a lot of guesses to guess the top two. Yeah. Um, oh, no, maybe fourth, actually. Uh-oh. Maybe fourth. Are you placing Starman above that? <laughs> no, uh, this and no? Prince of Darkness are fighting for third. Oh, okay. I love gotcha. Prince of Darkness. Prince of Darkness is Yeah, great. Prince of Darkness is a peak movie. 
definitely. That- so now, now if I had to guess what's one and two, uh, taking a shot in the dark, I, I would say Halloween one, the thing two. Yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Um, and then you, then you're getting to like Starman, uh, maybe at number yeah. five or uh, okay. maybe I'd, I'd have to look at my other movies again and mm-hmm. think about it. But those are definitely the top four. Uh, and yeah. then there's the B tier, which is a great B tier. I'm, I'm not, I'm not dissing yeah. the rest of the movies. No. I'm just. <laughs> uh, it, it's funny. Uh, one of the podcasts I used to listen to, Geekscape, the the host, always said like the the best version of I Am Legend would have been made in the '80s by John Carpenter and starring Kurt Russell. Mm-hmm. And it makes him mad that it'll never happen. Not mad, but more like sad and it. upset. I can see. Uh, but but yeah, this this. You know, he's he's a definitely a filmmaker that has uh, an air about him. You know, yeah, no, it's he is a feel to a Carpenter movie that very few other directors can can replicate. Um, yeah. I, I I think it follows did a really good job actually of of replicating uh, a Carpenter yeah. feel, uh, which yeah. is part of, partly why I loved that so much. But uh, yeah, that's um, it. Hey, uh, so that is a song percent thirteen. Of course, there uh, was another winner uh, for December. Uh, Die Hard actually won, so that'll be coming up. Uh, now, obviously, uh, we're, 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 we tend to be a bit late on these, and we're usually dipping into the next month because it's like the fourth of December as we record yeah. this. Uh, Die Hard, though, we have to get that up before Christmas. That would be weird not to. Uh, uh, so mm-hmm. expect that fairly quickly uh, compared to normal. Yeah. Um, so yes, we'll be on a mission to watch Die Hard soon. Uh, and do, do that. Uh, there will be another vote up as well for patrons to vote on for the next batch. Uh, we're doing a, a a sort of second chance. We both picked movies from the last year that lost uh, and putting them back into the vote. So I think Matt picked Ellie Confidential and yep. I picked The Burbs to go head to head. So Thank you. Merciful Thor, God <laughs> above. Hey, to be fair, Matt, not, none of the ones that lost for me were actually that criminal or the uh, dangerous for you oh. they were all pretty I was worried about, safe i was worried about neon demon i i talked crap about oh, that, that was recently. last year no these, these were only oh, picks okay. from this year um okay and that, that, all the votes for uh, for, for greta january are, go- are going to be that for screams and uh, influx as well and that'll be a yeah. tradition every year as well we'll pick losers from the previous 11 months to oh, uh, to uh you know do, do a second chance thing at the end of oh. the year um you know what, what, what you upset didn't make it in before so yeah um but hey so yeah uh so we've got patreon patreon.com slash tv you can go support us over there get these episodes a week early uh amongst other things of course at the five dollar tier you get access to the voting and so on uh otherwise like subscribe all that stuff all of it helps get us on the twitters at mail underscore fuzz for channel updates uh but otherwise that is us so thank you once again for watching and listening we always appreciate it keep watching movies guys and we will see you next time